1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Nick Murray.
2: I'm Blake Robertson. And I'm Cody Locks.
1: I'm Rob Benuff.
3: And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. You know, we talked a little bit about it in the Search and Destroy episode of uh, uh, getting in touch with the Reno guys. So today we have Blake, Nick, and Cody uh, from the Reno. And as I've learned reno net what is it you guys have to teach me again nevada nevada is nevada the, nevada i said it nevada which i've i've now learned is the incorrect way so you know listen to Countercharge. you learn something new in, in, in every episode but i'm excited we're going to talk <clears> to the <throat> reno crew uh there's been a lot of uh, explosion of kings of war in the reno area and then we're gonna talk with Cody about his store that I've already come to love just from looking at pictures because it is a, a looks like a game store slash comic book slash toy slash everything that that Jeremy likes to spend his money on store. So I'm already working overtime in preparation for my visit out there. Um, so we're gonna talk a little bit of, with Cody about uh, Comic Kingdom, and then we're gonna talk a little bit with Blake and Nick to hear everything about the growing Kings of War scene in. Reno. So I'm pretty excited. So the, the first thing we like to do when we get new people on Countercharge is to sort of hear their gamer origin stories. So um, Nick, why don't you go first? Talk to us a little bit about how you sort of got into miniature war, war gaming and how that sort of transitioned into you getting into Kings of War.
1: So I actually am probably one of the odd ducks comparatively. I started war gaming with X Wing. When it first came out, X-Wing Miniatures game, and I hadn't played much before then. I was always really busy. I'm a professor, so I spent way too much time in school and then way too much time doing, I don't know, more school. Um, So I just never really had the opportunity to heavily get into any of the wargaming scene, but I always watched it from afar, constantly. And I'd always see other people's armies and go, "Oh my goodness, that's so cool! I could never do that. I could never do that. I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm not that good." So I never really tried my hand at painting or doing any of that hobby aspect for quite a while, until Star Wars Legion came out. And back when I was living in Georgia, that was uh, a pretty hot commodity. <clears throat> and I'm actually looking at it right now. I'm looking at my old models, going, "Wow, they're so bad." But they're a reminder of kind of where I came from, which is cool. So I really started getting into the hobby side when Legion came out. So probably about over three years ago, three and a half years, maybe four years ago. And then after just getting to meet all the guys here in Reno when I moved about three years ago, we ended up getting the opportunity to start to play Kings of War. It was actually Blake. You can blame Blake for everything, Uh, everything wrong in my life is Blake's fault or everything good is Blake's fault alongside that. Um, But we had a really good time. And I remember Blake pulling me aside one day and going, hey, hey, check this game out. Check this game out, which Blake does that very frequently. And Cody will do that frequently. And I'm like, ah, it's just another game, guys. I'm not going to invest in another game. I'm not really interested. Come on. And then I got to see some of the miniatures. And it's it's undead because I play undead. And I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. This is really awesome. And so I picked it up, and Blake was gracious enough to uh, let me buy his Undead stuff off of him, which he regrets to this day because of surge surge shenanigans and all that fun jazz. And I ended up uh, just loving it. And then it just slowly grew, and I'm looking at my shelf, and I think I've painted almost 900-plus models of Undead now at this point in the last two years, and I don't know where all the times went. But I'm having a blast, and Kings of War is awesome. The community is awesome. I had the opportunity to meet Ronnie and Kyle and quite a few guys online during lockdown, and just honestly, our scene has grown so much, and I just cannot get enough of the game.
3: Yeah, so so you get to you get to fight Blake with his own miniatures
1: and surge into him with his own stuff,
3: basically is what I'm hearing.
1: It's one of the best feelings ever when Blake gets a little <laughs> frustrated, and he and then he goes, "Remember, I gave you that army," and I'm like, "Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did." It's like they got to like, you know, have minus 1 to hit against the Papa, <laughs> right? Because they're Exactly. Sure they, they should they should do worse, right? No, so I will wa- say though because my record is actually pretty poor against Blake. I think I've won like maybe 25% of my games against Blake, so I I just I, I can't say I'm there yet. He's considerably a better player than I am.
3: Well, my question is, do you grade your own blue books or do you have TA slave labor to do that? <laughs> <I wonder. laughs>
1: uh it depends on what class it is I mean do my four tiny little children count sometimes because I feel like that's sometimes when you grade people's work that's that's the most important thing just give them some feedback they don't read it anyways
3: I know that's just I have just flashbacks to in grad school when it was like here Jeremy here's 130 blue books I'll see those on Monday and I'll like okay and then uh uh just oh my gosh Unfortunately, you did not address the main topic of the question. I got used to writing "unfortunately" and "however" in the Blue Book responses, but. Well, cool. I mean, 900 models—that's crazy. I probably have done nine in that same amount of time, so you, you're you're a little bit further ahead than me in the output department, but.
1: I uh, had to catch up. I mean, you guys have been in the hobby scene for years and years and years, and I think I've been doing it for four or five. So I think I had a couple years to catch up. So I, uh, many late nights. Mm-hmm. So what about you Blake? It sounds like you've been in
3: miniature gaming for a while.
2: Yeah, um I I I was a weird kid, um but and and that's not changed. Um but uh I grew up in Ventura in California, um and I rolled into a place called the Fusilier, which only uh the guys in England will know what the hell that is. Um and uh, it was a little war. It was a little uh, model and game shop, and I ended up uh, hanging out and learning the game, and um, ended up working there when I was 13 to when I was 19, and went really loved. The place had a sand table and everything. Really loved the miniatures gaming aspect of it. Um, and played a lot of ancients back then with the WRG rules and uh, went to a couple tournaments, did okay. Off and on, I've, I've gamed since. Um, I, and uh, I've always had a big thing for the rank and flank. So uh, Cody's, you know, he really kind of worked on me to get to play Kings of War cause it's his favorite game. And uh, I was like, eh, and I, and I finally did. And, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, it's it's a cool, simple system that allows a lot of freedom and and a just a superior depth of strategy. And the funny thing about it is, it's not a rank and flank game. It's a it's an abstract game, masquerading as a rank and flank game, which is cool as hell too. You know. So that's kind of my gaming history in a nutshell. But I've played pretty much. Most the large systems at one time or another um, had weird favorite games that I like. Like, I really liked the um, 40K Epic. That was fantastic. I liked it better than 40K or even uh, Fantasy at the time. So, yeah, I mean, I wandered into Cody's shop because I really had to hanker into game again. And I wandered in when I could game. And the X-Wing guys were... Uh, really welcoming and, and it, we had a really good community and I ended up starting to play that and that's where I met Nick and a few of the other guys that I've kind of <laughs> herded into the Kings of War community and uh, I've I just been loving it ever since. I mean, just, just fantastic.
3: Yeah, I like that sort of the uh, the saying, uh, uh, a second to learn, lifetime the master. And I really think Kings is like that sort of game. It's really easy to learn, but it's so deep.
2: Yeah, the thing the thing that impresses me most about Kings of War is that, I mean, how many undead lists were at the last Masters and no two were alike. And you can't net deck this game because I could give you, say, your list. I mean, I could give someone your list and they couldn't play it, you know. Or I could give someone Nick's list and they couldn't play it. You know they could do okay with it, but they couldn't do like you do because it how armies work and how they move and how they um, coordinate is so personal in this game. and it's fantastic to me to see that.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think you you, you hit on some really good uh, points on, you know why we love the game so much you know enough to do a podcast on it so yeah and what about you cody i know we're going to get into sort of the origins of comic kingdom but had sort of your love of miniature gaming sort of was that the the egg that came first and comic kingdom was the chicken that like birthed out of that or talk a little bit about your history with miniature
4: gaming Well, I I did a lot of role-playing as a kid, and then when I moved to Reno as a a young teenager and freshman in high school, I found Hobbies of Reno, store in the same place where I'm at now, and found Warhammer. As it tends to go, you know, Warhammer tends to lead to other things, so I found some fantasy there. took a big break, played mostly board games for most of the early 2000s, but after taking the store over, the first thing I did was brought in some board gaming. Um, Warhammer, 40k, and Fantasied at first, but, well, Fantasy kind of uh, imploded, so I was looking for something else, and that's when we jumped into Kings of War pretty hard. I moved my Empire army over to Kings of War, where I could play it there, and brought some other people in. That was kind of the first time Kings of War was big at the store. People moved away, things kind of went by the wayside. Age of Sigmar improved a bit, so people were more willing to spend time with it. Not everyone burned their old armies. And then uh, pretty much it comes to Blake a little while ago. He was asking me to special order some stuff for the RuneScape, RuneBound, that fantasy fight game that did not do very well. And I suggested to him that, hey, maybe you want to check out Kings of War if you're looking for something. And uh, we played a couple games, and then he pretty much took over and started corralling all the people in town. I just sit back and make jokes all the time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think those were uh, uh, great models, too. Uh, I I was able to get a bunch of those. uh, Like you said, that that Fantasy Flight, I always forget what it's called, too. Runebound, RuneScape, or RuneMageddon, or whatever it was called. They had some cool stuff in that range, but just that game just never never really took off. Um,
4: It was not Fantasy X-Wing.
3: Yeah, because that's interesting what Blake says. I think because often when you think about King's War, you think about it as a rank-and-flank game, but it really is like... Almost you're playing like a fantasy skirmish game, but you're just your 12 models happen to be big, giant units. So it, it does, it does play that. Fl- I feel like I'm getting the rank and flank sensation, but it also is, it, it is almost similar to a, a skirmish game in some ways, just in the fact that you are using those uh, footprints as full units. Well, awesome. Cool. We're going to take a short break. And then when we get back on the other side, we're going to do our hobby roundup and what we've been up to on the painting table. So we'll be right back.
5: I'm Ronnie from Mantic Games, and you're listening to Countercharge.
2: Hi, this is Eric turberg 2020 US Master,
5: and you're listening to Countercharge.
3: And we are back. So now we're just going to do a roundtable, hobby wise, see what everyone's been up to on the paint table. Robbo, what have you been up to,
5: hobby wise? Uh, not much. Uh, we are going Lone Wolf uh, next this next month. No, this month. No, next month. I'm losing track. But I, I've got to finish a few things for Lone Wolf, so I need to get off my ass. So, yeah.
3: Have you have you thought any more on we were talking offline the other day about which. So Lone Wolf has a, either the lone wolf or the lone like ranger, like a special character guy. Did you think yeah.
5: more I'm going to take the ranger? Uh, excuse me. I'm going to take the, the, the wolf. I think the the mounted aspect is probably better for my army. Yeah, so I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna go that route. So I've got to paint one of those too. So thanks for reminding me that I'm even further behind than I originally thought, Jeremy. Well, I appreciate that.
3: Well, I'm that. glad I'm glad I can be here to right. support you in your in your hobby journey.
5: I've got that stupid uh, wing, the the Griffin, and uh, the only thing I've got painted so far is the Rock. So I've got a little ways to go, and then I've got a horde of militia in front of me. So forty dudes is not, you know, it's like, oh. And I just realized today we only I only have like four weekends left to go. So uh, there's gonna be some serious paint sessions in my future so how about you jeremy
3: okay so i have been same deal i'm under that sort of lone wolf is coming very quickly and i had that same realization when i was like, like winter winter is coming yeah winter is coming I could hear like you, know, you see Mark Cox's disapproving eye looking at he judges my army so I was like I better. And the same thing I had this funny you said that I was like well I still have a long a long time and I'm looking at the the calendar and I'm counting the weekends right because that's when you get the real business done right on the weekend. And I was like wow this especially since I'm going to be we'll talk a little bit later I'm going to be heading up to the Reno guys for their event coming up so and that's going to be a weekend so I got to really uh hit the get the get moving um i've still been tweaking my list for lone wolf um i've had some really great ub games lately i had one against keith randall the other night and he squashed me it was like i had flashback to friday night pre-chicago masters when he destroyed me he destroyed me again but playing super nasty elf list uh and then i had a game against mark taylor has a really really good varinger list so I'm doing some tweaking, you know. I'm adding some stuff, and taking some stuff away, um, getting some good UB practice, which is which which has been nice. Uh, so I think I'm going to make an adjustment. I don't think I'm going to take the Alohi regiments anymore. I'm just going to take some Foot Guard troops and then add in another caster with some lightning bolt. I need just a little bit of late game to go with Samichrist and the dragon. Just a little bit of reach out and touchy shooting. Um, and I'm just like, I can't deal with Alohi anymore. I just can't. It's just, it's just, they're, they're crappy. They're, uh, you know, I just can't, I just can't handle them anymore. Um, so I'm not even going to try to make them work. So I, I have, but, but the good part of that is it means that I don't have to finish painting them and the foot guard troops that I have, I already painted. So it actually makes my painting. Uh, essentially the only thing I have to get done now is that big horde of spears that I've been painting for 11,000 months. So. But I'm on the on the home stretch, but super excited. Um, I know we're going to be doing some live recording, right, Rob? We're going to have some some content for you guys from Lone Wolf, um, which will be exciting.
5: Yeah, um, I mean it's probably the first big event, you know, to to come out, you know, to come out of this COVID thing. So it'll be nice to see a lot of friends we haven't seen in a long time.
3: And Mark's doing something really interesting. I I, I think it's it's fantastic. He does this st- stuff called Lone Wolf Points. So each tournament you can gain some extra tournament points, and he gives you a few different options on how to achieve those extra points. One is like making a donation to charity or dropping off food that he donates to the food bank. Um, And this one he's added another option that if you provide verification you've been vaccinated or you provide verification of a negative COVID test, you get extra tournament points. Mm -hmm. So I really like that idea. I think it's fantastic. Uh, It's really promoting people who do make that their own personal choice that they do want to go to an event. It really encourages them to do so in as safe a way as possible. Um, And as we always say, as a show, we're trying to not uh, promote or dissuade you from doing events. It's your it's your personal choice. But for me, uh, I'm excited to go. I'm going to have both both my vaccine shots by then. Hillary who's coming, has both her vaccine shots. So we're excited to to see the Texas family and do that event. So, what about you, Nick? What have you been working on hobby-wise?
1: Well, well, first off, your Elohi regiments. I'm I'm just so sad because my Elohi re- regiments are just are just doing work like crazy. But you got to teach
3: me. You got to uh, you, go. you have to show me your way. Teach uh, me, and then uh, I have yet to figure them out myself. So
4: Nick doesn't have a competitive meta.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I think, I actually, so recently, um, on, on the Basilian side, just before I talk about hobby, I had dropped my dragon from my list, and I found that made all the difference in the world, Added an ur Ur-Lohian, and it just, like, I don't know, I feel like I have such range potential that it just really wrecks people and and it's not one of those armies that can grind to the end of the game but i can slow you down and keep you from killing me and that seems to be half the battle but anyways um i do i do agree with you on the dragon though if i hadn't i
3: think the dragon is good but he's so expensive, but probably the main reason why I take him is just because I spent so long. It's like my best painted big monster. So I probably take him more for like hobby reasons than actual gameplay reasons. But I, I see I could see what you're saying about. It is a big, huge chunk of points all in one thing.
1: Exactly. And I I mean, I have the same thing. He's my biggest model that I've ever painted. And it was like, oh my gosh, how can I take him out of my list? And it just worked better. It just it just simply worked better. Now, I'm not a shooty army kind of guy. I don't like shooting, although I'm going to change that with rats. Yes, I'm going to run a rat army at some point. I'm slowly building it up. I'm actually quite excited. Um, but we'll see. So on the table, um, I do a decent amount of little uh, commission stuff. So I've been painting a couple friends, Night Stalkers. I think I've got some specters right here. Um, But I am trying to finish my everybody's absolute 100% favorite in Undead, Soul Reavers, another regiment, because you know what? You can't have enough of those boys. They want to kill everything.
3: Uh, What models are you using for your Soul Reavers, the Mantic ones?
1: The Mantic ones, yep. I'm trying to do my best to go as pure Mantic as I can with all of my armies just because I enjoy supporting Ronnie and Kyle and that entire group. I just have created such cool friendships with them since lockdown that it's like, how can I not support them? There's other different models out there, but I really don't want to do that because I think Mantic is such a wonderful company. And it's so fun to put an army out there that goes, you know what, this is like 90% Mantic. Now, there's always a, you know those occasional fee that you don't want to put in there, but I try to make sure that my armies are... At least 80% Mantic if I can. And like my, my
3: Undead armies is mostly Mantic too. I think that's one of their, their – even though it's older, it's an older range for them, there's still a lot of like really juicy good models in that line. Like there's skeletons and zombies I really like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Zombies. I have a lot of zombies. Too yeah, many. they're great. Their zombies are really good, I think.
1: There's I that think kit their... kit. Kyle said that kit is like still the number one selling miniatures kit on the market. It's crazy. I believe it.
3: It, it. It's old, right? But it's super solid. You can mix them with the ghouls if you wanna. You can mix and match them with their ghoul kit, which is also really good. You can do a little uh, kit bashing. But yeah, it's good, super definitely fun. good. Well, awesome, what about you, Blake? Are, are you painting anything? Are you sort of one of those like old school gamers that's got everything already painted, so it's like they don't have to paint anything because they already
1: got <laughs> it all
2: done. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> That's just fun.
1: That's actually... I I started cracking up at that one, but... uh,
2: I am a horrible at painting. I'm, like, really bad, and I don't ever finish anything. So my goal is, by the time the tournament comes around, to have a... at least base-painted and fully-based army to fight with on that weekend, and I'm really pushing for it. In fact, just before... Uh, This, I was painting little black hats on scarecrows. And, you know, I'm stupid, and I don't have these really, like, simple color schemes. I go kind of nuts. And even the scarecrows from Mantic are just cool as hell. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to play Night Stalkers for this tournament. Although the ogres, I could do that too. Those are fun. Yeah, so I'm painting about a bajillion, like, just today... I painted bases, got them gloss-coated so that I could um, crackle them, and then um, painted some hills and painted a bunch of stuff on scarecrows. But I'm just trying to get my army to where it's base, where from four feet it looks okay. To me, it looks like if a little kid put a bunch of paint in his mouth and a bunch of minis in his mouth and then spit them out. That's what it looks like. Um, So Mm. hopefully it's better than I think it is. Um, But yeah, I'm just trying to get one army sort of finished and that would be amazing to actually have something finished. When I went to Bay of Kings, I'd been playing for like, I don't know, um, maybe two, three months yeah, about three months, and I put together an entire ogre army, and I base-painted it, and I didn't get the bases done, and I got – I just don't want to get dinged on hobby points. <laughs> I'm not going to win nothing, but I just don't want to get dinged on hobby points.
3: <laughs> you don't want to go into the negative? You're like, give me a zero is fine, but just don't give me negative
2: points. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's like, no. oh, painted army, and I posted on our little chat. It was like, it was like that army looks horrible. But it's painted. But it looks horrible. But it's painted, you know. And that's, you know, that's exactly the way I, I feel. I'm trying. I got to really... The problem is, is like I said, I'm not good. And so I, ha- I have it in my head. I just don't have the talent to translate what's in my head to my work. And as I go along, I get better, you know. But... It's frustrating for me. And then during the COVID, uh, I'm a pretty good size extrovert. And during the COVID, it kind of bummed me out in a lot of ways and on a lot of levels. And I just couldn't bring myself to paint or create. And so now the nice thing about this tournament is really pushing me to get stuff done. And um, just like uh, Bay of Kings <laughs> pushed me to get stuff done. So I guess that's my painting impetus.
3: I mean, I think going into lockdown, what you're sharing is, I think, something a lot of us felt, which was this grand hope that it would be like, I'm forced to stay home. When I come out of this, I'll have 10,000 points of five armies painted. But it was like not having that sort of social element of, of taking the models that you painted to someplace and playing with them. I think a lot of us sort of felt like that same uh, lack of desire to really paint without an event to go to. So I think a lot of people probably felt what you felt.
2: Right. Now, you know, the, the other thing I got to say is is that uh, the the newer uh, group that's just come into our Little Kings group uh, at, at, at Comic Kingdom, that Cody herded in from, I think there were a lot of ex-War Machine players, not ex, but a lot of War Machine players and stuff. Those guys can paint and those guys can hobby, like, and it's just... I'm using it to try to motivate me rather than just totally bum me out, which is not the easiest thing. <laughs> because their work is so good and so nice. And then we have, uh, you know, an older gentleman there. You might've met him at Bay of Kings, John, and his stuff is fantastic. And Kevin's stuff's fan. Everybody paints and has really good looking armies and I'm bringing bases and junk, you know, and, gray plastic and prime stuff. It's just like, holy crap, you know?
1: (laughs) Now, now Blake, you're not giving yourself full credit because I know your armies and I know them pretty dang well. And I will say that you do get in a little slump on the occasion, but you're selling yourself short. And for anyone who's listening, Blake is actually an incredibly skilled painter and has taught me a lot of things about how to paint. I think it's just he looks at other people's stuff and goes like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do it that way. And Blake gets some ADD from painting almost more than anything else. But you're not selling yourself the way you could be. And I think that you have a fantastic talent that, you know, you you constantly talk about it with us and show us those type of things. And I'm stoked to see your scarecrows, dude. Totally stoked.
3: That's another great Mantic model too, right? That kit's really cool. I love the scarecrows. They're on – They're on my short list, too. For my next army, I want to be 90% Mantic, and Night are
4: a possibility for sure. It's really nice that Mantic is making that possible, too. I remember back in 2015 days, their bottles were a a little bit rough, and the Restic was a little bit tough to work with, so now they're putting out top-notch stuff. I mean, that's one thing we've talked
3: about on the show a bunch, is sort of uh, the growth that the company's had in making models. where You you, you want to... not just buy models from a company because you want to support them, which is a noble good thing, but also because those models inspire you or, or move you. And I think we're beginning to see more and more from Mantic that does that for sure.
1: Mutant Rat fiend. That's all I have to say. That Mutant cool. Rat fiend. Oh my gosh. I'm so stoked to get my hands on that model. Rob, is Billy still gonna pay you night stalkers? Isn't that the
3: army that he's supposed to
5: they, uh, eventually, yeah. Yeah. But we might not we might not see it until, you know, twenty twenty four. <laughs> okay you got to get him get him
3: uh on that but that's a cool i mean were, and you, were you gonna use uh mostly mantic or some mantic some other well, stuff or all what? Mantic if they make the all models
5: mantic. right I, i'm with what some of the other guys have said like you know if they make the model i'm gonna use the model
3: but what about you cody are you are you i know you had mentioned you'd got some mage knight stuff in the past do you like to hobby or you do you do you paint it all what's what have you been working
4: on if so well, I usually play whatever the hipster army in town is that no one else is playing. And recently, people have started playing my Trident Realms, so I had to switch. Pulled out a bunch of my old Beastmen, and I'm working on basing them up and getting them into uh, the new herd without their uh, Stampede. Poor Stampede. Um, other than that, you know, I'm always working on stuff for other games, too. I'm working on stuff for Gaff's Lands, Billion Sons, you know, of course, Warhammer and all that.
3: Cool. So you, so you sort of a uh, uh, equal opportunity hobbyist. You got a little bit going on in a couple different game systems.
4: Always, you know, if I got to sell it, I got to play it and know what's going on in it.
3: Yeah, I know Rob loves. Uh, they do some Legion and they do some like Vanguard, and I play a little 40k myself too. It's it's. Uh, uh, there's so many great game systems. I think it's a shame if you say only do one. Let's like Kings is my favorite. That's like my number one squeeze. You know, but I still, like, we like to dabble in other games, too. And it makes sense, I guess, if you're the shop owner, right? It helps you stay in tuned with the different communities.
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd love to see what different systems do. Even if I don't particularly care for them, I'll play them once or twice. Like, right before lockdown started, Blake and I were just starting to get into some dead zones. So I've got a bunch of Forge Fathers that I've started painting and would love to get on the table again soon.
5: Yeah, and A Billion Sons is a great new game coming out, right, from the the creator of uh, Gaslands. So uh, I love all those uh, Osprey games.
3: Is Gaslands a, like, road warrior where you make the matchbox Mm -hmm. cars with, like, a fight with? Is that that game? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah, we were playing Gaslands. We played some Armada. We played, like Cody said, uh, we were just starting to do Dead Zone. John and I and uh, a couple of the other guys in the Kings group, we play Vanguard every once in a while. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, I've been kind of mantic fanboying it lately and just really enjoying a lot of their games. So.
3: Yeah, Dead Zone was on my short list at 2020 Adepticon. That, ha- that was going to be like my new game that um, Tyler Schultz and Jesse were going to teach me. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't get no Adepticon that year. But I know a lot of people, I know Rob and some of those guys love Dead Zone um and it seems like a, a pretty fun skirmish yeah, style game mm-hmm. yeah um what how's the war room been rob you guys doing still i know you had a really popular vanguard has that been going on or people changed yeah, back
5: to? yeah it's it's been games? crazy uh we we have like maybe six new players that i didn't even know at the beginning of the year <laughs> like i don't know where these people came from they're just out of the woodwork and they're like oh you guys are playing this game cool let's play it like a couple of them are like old fantasy players and one guy randy he's not he didn't he was into rpgs he's just like i want to try a tabletop miniature game what are you guys playing so we've been playing vanguard um and kings of war on alternating weeks we just had a one day uh, event with 12 players for uh, kings of war so not too bad you know i think the uh, locally we're starting to show signs that COVID's starting to fade away a little bit as people get vaccinated and uh hopefully things will pick up cool we're going to take another quick break and
3: then we're going to come back for our main topic and talk about the comic kingdom and the reno kings of war scene so we'll be right back
1: this is the spy master dojo's everyman handsome tom anis and you're listening to Countercharge. hey
3: this is luke from luke's aps listening to Countercharge, and we are back um, so before we get into the sort of the, the Reno Kings of War scene specifically, I really want to talk to Cody about um, his shop, Comic Kingdom, um, and looking at the, the the pictures on Facebook, like I said, sort of at the open of the show, uh, it, it's all of, uh, you know, Hillary is here painting, so it's all of my most favorite things in the world besides my loving fiance all in one store. So uh, it's comics, it looks like it's comics, it's games, it's toys it's it's the whole shebang so can you take us a little cody sort of the how that you came to that business and sort of your philosophy or, or or what makes comic kingdom special
4: yeah it's its actually the same store that i used to shop at when i was in high school i went to school with the owner's son and about 20 years later they gave me a call this back in 2012 and said we're looking to get out of the business and retire I wonder if you'd be interested in the store then it was just a comic book store So, once my wife and I picked it up, the first thing we did was added a bunch of gaming to it. I was big on board gaming and war gaming, so we added a bunch of board games and a bunch of Warhammer product. Which, as you know how that turned out with Warhammer Fantasy, that's what kind of led into the transition to Kings of War. And then we we stocked a whole bunch of the Kings of War stuff back then, and we stock a whole bunch of it now. Yeah, it's pretty much just uh, we, we work in a comic book store. We sell all kinds of fun nerd stuff. We have games. Comics, all the stuff I love is the same stuff that I sell to the people.
3: So how was that in sort of when you chose to add in the tabletop stuff? Was that received, you know, pretty well? With Because often I know some comic guys also like board game. I mean, it seems like you're dealing with a, a population that might want to double dip, right, into both their sort of genres. Did you get, like, a, a lot of positive feedback at first? Or were people kind of like, why are you selling this other stuff when you decided to bring in the, the board
4: games? Yeah, and the comic and the gaming customers are pretty much blind to the other half of the store. The comic people come in and go to their stuff, and the gaming people go in and go to their stuff. I'd say if you asked them, probably a good 30 or 40% wouldn't even realize that the other side of the store was there.
3: That's funny. So like you, in in being your own special flower, uh, in the type of armies you like to play, I can be my own special customer when I buy stuff from both sides
4: of your store, so yeah we have the occasional crossover people, but there's a lot of times people people like their thing. Their thing isn't necessarily the same as everyone else in the store. And
3: so when you brought in all that that um, the miniature products, was it the the products just by themselves at first, or did you sort of start off with wanting to also have gaming tables and have gaming in-house, or did, did that sort of grow after a while?
4: Oh, yeah, we definitely started off with tables. Uh, Originally, the store was about half the size it is now, moved into a space that was twice the size. So it was a lot of empty room. We put in a lot of tables there, did a lot of magic events, of course, and um, then started slowly putting in the wargaming tables and then building the big, we have a 25-foot-long table um, that's nice and solid and another one that's 25 feet and kind of rickety And we're looking to make a little bit nicer. But at this point, we do more wargaming than anything else. And all all the different systems,
3: is there, uh, you know, any ones that impart, you know, obviously 40K is 40K wherever you go in the country, right? But do you have like little groups sort of playing lots of different games or is it more circled around specific lines?
4: Well, 40K and Age of Sigmar are, of course, the huge ones. There's always people playing those. I can't even count the number of 40K games that have been on the tables over the years. But I've always liked to check out the underdog systems. War Machine was probably our flagship game for three or four years until the rules revision that kind of did it in and then after that we switch into some kings of war i'm always pushing stuff from osprey i love their little kind of not really long-term games the games that you play for a few weeks and enjoy and then move on to the next one but we've done malifaux just infinity pretty much all the miniatures games we've tried at least a little bit And had you played, sort of, been exposed to Kings
3: of War before you sort of decided to sell it in the store, or did you kind of bring it in and sort of get into it, or, like, how did the store first come to be aware of Kings of War?
4: Like many, I was very unhappy with um, Warhammer Fantasy turning into Age of Sigmar and going from a game with rules to a game of Roll 13 and you win. So I looked for something else, and well, Kings of War was the best option there. Tried it out with a few people, and decided, yeah, this is what we're going to have be our flatnessy game here right now.
3: Very cool. Um, and then you know, we've been coming off a really crazy, crazy year, you know, with COVID and everything. Um, what was that like for you guys? Were you were you doing uh, curbside pickup or, or uh, and I'm assuming that all your in-gore, in, in-store gaming, do you guys use masks or, or stuff like that? Can you talk a little bit of sort of how you've adapted
4: through this COVID experience? Sure. We, we were shut down for about two months, and then early on, we were doing curbside pickup until that wasn't allowed anymore. Then we were doing uh, delivery until that wasn't allowed anymore. But what really was interesting was when we were shut down for two months, the comic industry stopped publishing. There was no new product to sell. And in that time, that's when all of the gaming people were looking for all of their paints, all of their models, all of their stuff to do. And then once we opened up again and comics started coming, then the gaming kind of slowed down. So it's kind of like having the two different sides of the store helped keep us afloat during the hard times. Yeah, because I know the com-
3: a lot of comics, right, right were and I know Rob and I were talking about this, we're, we're really in trouble, right? At that the, the, the big sort of beginning of lockdown. And then it's interesting now to see just like how hot the comic book market is right now. And just like the collectible hobby market in general, people are stuck at home. You know, they're wanting to be reconnected with a more happy time in their lives. Or is that something you've sort of noticed over this last year, which is sort of, uh, in some ways comics or gaming or whatever collectibles whatever has actually been
4: having a sort of resurgence over the last few months oh yeah definitely i have no clue exactly what's going on but people are really into this stuff right now and they're buying a whole bunch of it which is causing it to become a little bit more scarce pokemon's ridiculous right now magic's been heating up all the old stuff so it's just uh, it's crazy all the comics and everything Yeah,
3: my sister was telling me she was trying to go in. She likes Pokemon and like even like Walmart and a lot of places are just like sold out of like like the basic Pokemon stuff. It's just like really hard, really tough to find.
4: Oh, yeah, Uh, definitely. We get dozens of calls a day. Same thing. All sold out
3: and like I know like many people I went through all my old comics right as I was getting back into the comics and I found some that I was I sent the cgc to get graded right that were actually pretty good and I know their turnaround times are like so bad right now because I think probably everyone and their uncle's like gone through their garage to find which comic books they have that are still valuable and sent them off and now the turnaround's like 40 50, 50 days by the time yeah. you get anything back Yep,
4: it's ridiculous. I hear Pokemon cards are up to like six, eight months ahead.
3: And then I don't know if you ever had them, Rob. They had way back in the 90s. Marvel had the card, the collectible cards. And there's some that are like in the X Force one sealed. They had a Deadpool Deadpool card, and that card graded I saw went for like twenty, like two, between two and three thousand dollars on eBay. It's just crazy the cards that stores were given away that no one wanted. And now you have them. They're just like crazy valuable. It's, it's insane. What's going on.
5: Crazy.
4: Well, it's half the fun of going to a comic store, digging through the dollar bins and the back issue bins and seeing if there's something uh, in there.
3: Totally. Like I'm putting together an X-Men run right now. It's always been my favorite book. So I will be, uh, looking through your bins. And it's just like, I mentioned it on the last show, uh, just getting reconnected with actually just reading comics. And there's so many really prolific uh, stories that I just never read when I was really into it. So because I was into it mostly when I was a kid and it was I was more like a cover purchaser. I'd buy the books that had the, the cover that I like the most as opposed to following specific writers. So that's been a lot of fun relearning uh who I like and stuff
4: like that. So Oh yeah, definitely. Tons of good stuff out there right now. Lots of stuff coming from the indie publishers, like especially Image. They're doing all kinds of great stuff with horror comics and sci fi. But yeah, there's tons of cheap old stuff out there to read, too. There's nothing like reading a year or two run of Avengers from the 80s and seeing where Captain Marvel really came from. <laughs> yeah, and trade paper, I
3: found on eBay, uh, you pay a high price for um, single issues. You know, obviously, they're collectibles, but you can find, like, trade paperbacks at pretty reasonable prices. Like, like especially distributor, um, distributor like, over... Um, uh, like they're overstock, essentially, you can find pretty cheap. So that's what I've been doing to
4: get back into it, buying a lot of cheap,
3: just trade paperbacks and reading it. Oh, yeah, definitely
4: lots of cheap trades out there. But they only collect so many things in trade. You know, for every trade, there's going to be 20 or 30 issues that they didn't collect. And for every expensive issue, there's going to be 30 or 40 issues that aren't expensive, that are just, you know, pretty much cheap and you can read them. So I got to ask you one
3: more comic question, and then we'll get back to Kings of War, I promise, listeners. But I very rarely do I get to like follow this other passion. What is your thinking on sort of – in getting back to comics after so long, the first thing I noticed, which was, oh my gosh, these variant covers. It's just – this this is something that didn't exist when I was in the comics. Of, uh, And for that, it means each comic comes out, it has a cover A, cover B. They'll have incentive covers like – a comic store will get one for every 50 issues ordered or whatever. What's your sort of – is that good? Is that bad? Do you have a – as a comic book owner, what's your thinking on variant covers?
4: Well, everyone has their thing. Some people like the story. Some people like the art. Some people like the collecting and the rarity. So I'm not really going to complain if they're giving the people what they're asking for. Eventually, they'll get to the point like it was in the 90s where people aren't asking for it anymore.
3: Yeah. So I, as we see, we don't see any any crazy holograph hologram covers as much as everything in the 90s was lenticular
4: hologram covers but um, yeah, not so many special covers but it's still a little out of control when you have a, a new marvel series with 30 different covers plus 20 different exclusives that gets out of the control it is it's crazy it's crazy but but it, it, it does uh
3: keep excited that if you're like a, a collector mind and you like to know all the little nuances and everything it is more stuff to follow so i think it's pretty cool but so, Nick, you had said that you, you 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 guys were both sort of, like, into X-Wing. So were you playing in Comic Kingdom before Kings of War started, but just playing other game systems?
1: Yeah, so we, I guess I used, again, moved about three years ago, and I was a pretty competitive X-Wing player. Still am, but not as intense as I was. Um, but we were playing X-Wing, and Cody is awesome. I mean as a store owner to devote a single night to a specific game line and then encourage people to play it is really something that's quite special. And I know other people do it, but Cody really kind of makes the magic happen. And so we would play, we play X-Wing and I just got to know Blake through that. And we became really close friends. And then when he was like, Hey, you got to try this game system out. And I was like, dude, I can't, I have so many other things going on. He's like, like what? i like, I don't know things like you know i buy an x-wing pack and then i unpack it and i put it away and then i go watch tv and he's like you need to start paying stuff again so um yeah and then we got into kings of war and it was i mean i will say as a a first-time player uh eod versus uh basilians and uh earlier with the formation alohi i'll never forget it i think I think uh, Cody took two hordes of Alohi on me and just, I don't know, killed all my guys. It was the good old days. The (laughs) formations is like the the, the good old days, like the wonder years, you know. Yeah, it was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, and I was like, wow, this game is great. Thanks, Cody. Show him the true power. (laughs) (laughs) I just got
4: so rolled,
1: and then I was like, I can see how this would be really, really interesting to play, and oh my gosh, look at the hobby opportunities and. Yeah, it just it really hit that fantasy side that I always really enjoy from Lord of the Rings and all that fun stuff. And it just went crazy from there.
3: So do you think really like, uh, I mean, your, your guys' scene has really been growing and growing. And I know Rob can really attest to this, but do you think having like like that home-based store where you have a store with an owner who's really supporting you, listening to you guys, do you think that's really been sort of like a key element of the the scene
1: growing there is having that home base? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Like I said, I think, you know, Blake has been our champion, but Cody's been like the overlord, you know, so, so Cody's like always behind the scenes, making sure we get our product on time, making friends with Kyle and, you know, bringing him in like before COVID kyle was in town for a uh, and a, for, for, for those who don't know kyle kyle we call him kyle pretzel twinkie in our world but kyle is basically the uh, northern and our america side rep for mantic uh, he brought him in there was a local um gosh what was it cody there was a convention i think it was for minis gamma is it Ga-
4: gamma, gamma. Is it gamma, gamma, trade
1: gamma show. that's it mm-hmm. yeah gamma trade show literally like a week or two before lockdown and that was really special. I mean, it's special to meet people who I'm a fanboy. Like, I, you know, Blake will attest. I'm a fanboy. Like, I, it's it's so cool to be on counter It's so cool that I got to play and beat Jeremy in uh UB tournament, which is my claim to fame now, apparently. Um and and then I took out all my anger when I played Blake later. <laughs> I was like,
4: all That's it.
1: That's it. Well, I'll never forget uh, our game. And, you know, Blake's watching it and we're texting. And, you know, we don't give each other strategy while we're playing on UB. He's just like, you know, we'll be like, oh, that was, oh, dang, dad, bad dice roll. But I'll never forget when I had, uh, you know, a horde of a skeleton to get into the control zone. And I got the perfect role I needed to be able to sidestep after breaking a unit, and then and then it got really quiet on your end, and then I heard Rashad just laughing, just laughing, and he's like, "Jeremy, you just got beat by a noob," and I was like, "Oh, that's nice," and uh, it was a it was a pretty fantastic time, but in in terms of our store. Cody really has been um, such a driving force for what we're able to do and accomplish and Cody's more of a store more than a store owner to us he's our friend and that I think makes a world difference that you know like if we think about hey let's go get a drink or let's do whatever we always invite Cody because he's a friend and we enjoy his company and so I think that helps with our desire to want to play the games that he also puts on the shelf and we go yeah that's cool we want to support Cody we want to put food on his table let's do it
4: yeah, we're, I mean, we're a mom-and-pop store. It's not like we're a chain that's being sell, told sell all this Warhammer and stuff. I, the things we sell are the things we sell because we love them. I mean, I love Kings of War. It's one of my favorite games ever, so that's why I push it so hard.
3: And I think that's where the uh, uh we talk, and, and your uh, teacher, uh, Nick, I think you can relate to this, and I know in my background teaching, when you authentically are passionate about something and you talk to other people about whatever that thing is, the, the authenticity authentic, the authentic nature of that passion i think is is contagious right i think people can smell out when someone's being fake so i think as a as a teacher or a stoner or whatever stoner if you push the things that you do love i think that's infectious right it gets people into that that stuff if you if you feel that passion yourself
1: oh 100% 100% i mean we brought in armada right And I'm like looking at it going, yo, I play X-Wing. I feel like X-Wing is a solid game. It's still fun. How is Armada going to be even better? And Cody's like, well, you know, here's some little ships you get to paint up. And I'm like, I'm not good at that. That's not what I want to paint. And then Cody brought out the models, and I was like, okay, that actually looks like fun. Oh, let's read the scenario. Oh my gosh, that looks hilarious. That looks like so much fun. And we just, we shot the breeze for 20 minutes about the game, and then I walked out of there with 150 bucks worth of a motto and I was like, that was well spent.
4: i like to let him win on the gaming table.
3: <laughs> and and then Blake, was your sort of first experience with Kings of War playing with, with Cody, did he sort of get you excited about that too?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Okay, let's let's do this the right way. Um so Cody Rune Wars was a thing that I wanted to play because I thought I could swoop and Cody, you know, showed me the game that game too even though he he wasn't real hot on it. Um because it you know, you use the little X-wing dials to for your movement. And we I thought, "Oh, we could I could transition transition the X-wing guys into this because it's Similar, you know, and but he always kind of got me wanted me to do Kings of War. Well, finally, I you know coalesced, and Cody goes, Dude, just we'll play like whatever a thousand points or fifteen hundred points. And uh, Cody didn't win that game, um, and I did play Basilians and I did kind of ruin him with Alohi so that's about as a bazillion as i've ever been i saw the promise in the game bought a bunch of stuff that day um and then um cody had a bunch of of stuff and at the time i thought i wanted to play dwarves um i have an affinity for them in fantasy um and i bought an army from cody uh and played that for a while and then uh started playing ogres Um, I really, really wanted to play Night Stalkers because when I first started playing, the Night Stalker Army had just come out, and those models are fantastic, and they're gorgeous, and they're so different than anything else in fantasy. I thought they were really cool, but... The other player that at the time, it was just me and uh, you know, Cody a little bit because he has to run a store. And then it was John Douglas and uh, John First Army trots out against me as Night Stalkers. I'm like, I'm not gonna buy a Night Stalker army and play Night Stalker versus Night Stalker all the time, you know? And so I was kinda bummed that I couldn't play that army for a while. So I bought Undead and then I ended up selling that to Nick to lure him into the game. And uh, the rest is history there. Um, and then I went and bought ogres because Cody had a bunch of the old models, and you know he set the hook pretty hard by uh, giving us a generous discount on some of those old models to get them moving and get an, a, a thing going. Um, now, so my background with this game, and you've heard these guys all go, well, Blake had something to do with it, and and I kind of did because. There was a guy who was big in our X-Wing community named Stephen Downs, the skipper, and he's in Florida now. But he and I started the X-Wing night on Thursday nights. Now, Cody's always had nights for games to play, but we started the X-Wing night on Thursdays because it was a short night and X-Wing's quick to play. With that, Cody can send new players to Thursday night because it's a casual night and people don't just come into play they come in to hang out or to be a part of it or to see the game for the first time or to ask questions or whatever so when Kings of War came about I took the model that Stephen had and I had started with X-Wing and I took a lot of the expertise that I learned from Stephen on community building with X-Wing, and we started it off on, I think it was Tuesday night, and then it went to Wednesday, and now it's on Thursday, um, which is the old X-Wing night. Um, Cody allowing us to have a night, and us setting up a casual night where new players can come see the game, where everybody knows that there's going to be a set group there, is so important for community building. It's unreal. I can't stress that enough, um, because as a shop owner, Cody can go, oh, you're into King's of War, show up on Thursday night, these guys will talk to you, and, you know, that's what we do, and it's it's worked out fantastically, um, Cody's herded people in, I've herded people in, uh, Nick, Nick's herded people in, everybody in our group has herded people in, because it is infectious when you have that uh, casual time to play, you know
3: um so now were you were you were you guys getting people uh just new to gaming wanting to try kings of war or did you find it was mostly trying to get people maybe who were into other systems who also were sort of kings of war curious or was it a mixture of the two
2: it's it's hard because like at the beginning it was kind of a mixture but then covid hit and so when we have been able to do it it's cody you know for a lot of players and I heard this from Cody's new little crop of uh, of uh, death dealers that he that he heard it in. Um, yeah, he's trying to snipe us with a bunch of really good players, um, which is okay. I'm awesome. I'm glad for it because it, it brings a new meta to us. Um, but they were like, I could I, I listen to conversations that I'm not supposed to, and they were like, you know, the system's really clean, and it flows really nice and uh and then I heard him, you know, what, what made you come and try this out? Oh, Cody told me to come and try it out and it's what people are playing right now and and I can see why and you know, this is a great little community. Everybody's really cool. And so people can see the community. A lot of a lot of what you do in life and a lot of why you do it in life is because your friends do it, right? You know, and that's what makes it enjoyable. I mean, I heard you guys talking on the, on the SAD podcast about the fact that, you know, UB is fantastic for a lot of things, but it, it misses something that you're not across the table from someone. And being able to come in and see the game and see all those people, you know, and meet the people you're going to be across the table from before you even decide whether you want to give the game a shot. And you go, wow, these people are cool and they're all super nice to me. And, all right, yeah, let's, I'll give this a shot. Even, you know, whether they, you know, thought the game was fantastic when they first saw it or not, you know, it really is amazing to have a great community that can express itself on that evening.
3: Yeah, I, to, I totally agree with you. And I th- I found I don't know what you think, Rob, but I found if I've if I can get people to at least try it, that it is such a clean system. And because the community is so great that I've yet to find really people who try the game out and then who say, oh, it's not for me. The, usually you hear a lot of that from the people who's like, oh, that game's too easy or it's not whatever. But have you found that too, Rob, that like once you can actually get people to try the game, then they kind of see the, the how good the system is?
5: Yeah, I mean, most people that that scoff at the game haven't really given it a chance, right? And I think if you can get them to invest some time and actually play the game, they'll see the merits to the game, right? It's a simple system to learn. There's a lot of tactical depth. There's a lot of uh, hobby opportunity for creativity. So, I mean, yeah, just got to get them to play the game, which is sometimes the hard part because there's just so much, you know – in any game store, there's a million different things they could be playing, right? And there's more games coming out every day, so sometimes it's hard to see to, to see Kings of War among the, you know, all the different options. But if you can get them to focus on it, they'll typically the, enjoy it.
4: Yeah, it's one of the best things about Kings of War, though. On my sales pitch is always it's the best game that you didn't know you already owned. You can tell people, hey, cut out some rectangles, throw your D and D minis on there, throw your old Forehammer fantasy models on there, whatever. Give the game a try. You've already got the bottles for it.
3: Yeah, what other games can you have? Can you get blank bases and immediately, if you have a pair of scissors, you can be playing the game that night. Um, like you said, just cut out the bases, bam, Bob's your uncle. Your your you can uh, get to see how the game works like really immediately, and it gives you a way to use all those great models for other things besides you know sitting on your shelf or. Um, so I know so you guys have talked about your uh. uh sort of weekly night but i know nick i know you guys are so and cody we were talking about this the other day too on on messenger i know you guys are really excited to start uh sort of dipping your toes in in the tournament scene and reno is a great location it's easy to get there so cody is that sort of your hope to see a little bit more tournament and maybe start seeing some more organized play
4: happening at comic kingdom Oh yeah, definitely. In the past, before COVID, we've done we've done magic tournaments up to about 95 people. We've done all kinds of big tournaments, but these days, uh, not so much has been going on. This tournament on the 28th will be the first thing that we're doing as far as an an organized event in about the past year. Awesome. So,
3: and that's coming up. uh, Like you said, that's going to be later in the month. And when I heard you guys already
4: had like I don't know what what are 14 people signed up, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, we filled up pretty quick with that. Just about everyone in town who plays was like, "Yep, I'll be there."
1: I mean, because of COVID, I think I think people are just so ready to grasp at anything for normalcy. And this is this is our normal. This is what we do. And so I think all of our players were feel comfortable now. And we obviously follow all the protocols and things that we need to do to keep each other safe. And there's been multiple times where it's like, hey, guys, I can't make it this week. My kids got the sniffles and like, yeah, that's that's safe. Just just do whatever is necessary to keep us all safe and keep everybody healthy. Um, <clears throat> but it's really been a return to normal. And Cody has made that an, a huge focus for us to where I think before playing on UB, was terribly fun, and I had so much, uh, you know, learned so much. I met so many cool people, like Kyle Poole. Like I would never met Kyle unless I played on UB. And it, goodness, I talked to him all the time, and it was terribly fun, you know, the Dino Lord himself. And I was like, sweet, I got to play him. I got to play Jeremy. These guys, it was awesome. But it wasn't the same as sitting across from the table from some of my friends. And that's kind of for me the biggest kicker and i did want to say one thing about getting new people into the game that i think is really helpful is i know most of us have two armies now at this point like i have basilians i have undead and i'm gonna do rats because well there's some other guy who did an episode at one point who also played a ub game that lasted like i don't know eight hours or something that i watched um the the, the koozenator yeah the (laughs) classic koozian yeah classic Kuzian, the koozian oh my gosh Uh, we we were chatting offline one night and he was like you should try rats it seems like his play style and i'm like okay and then mantic started coming out with these legit models that were just like kind of just so eye-popping for hobby wise so i'm gonna do rat army too and the entire point was that I think our scene grew pretty rapidly because some people had models, but also we're like, Hey, I have an extra army. Would you like to play it this week? And guys were like, what? You let me touch your tiny toys. That's kind of weird, but they were super into it and totally okay with it. And I think that drew in a lot of people who otherwise maybe would not have played. And so I would encourage people. It's like, Hey, bust out your like. for some of our guys. I know there's one, a guy who has 11 armies. And it's like, bust out one of those armies when you got a new guy. Find out what they like. Find out what they like playing. And guess what? You may just have their army, and they can play with it and get a feel for it. And there's nothing like pushing some models on the table that actually have color on them. And then they get really excited, and they're like, woo! And then they drop a bunch of money, and then then it's history.
3: Yeah, and one thing I know as a a community person and and the chair sort of for the West region is – Uh, We don't, we have yet to have a really home based store. We have a home based house (laughs) in Scott Holcomb's house as like a, a, a central location for hobby, but we don't really have a store in California. I mean, there's Kings of War at various stores, but there isn't, there isn't sort of just the one store that's really, really supporting a la. War Room hobbies like Rob has are Comic common kingdom for you guys. And Reno really is not super far from the Bay Area. It's within driving distance. I mean, a long drive, but within driving difference still from the SoCal guys. So I know for us, when we heard, and, and you heard it in the episode when, when we were hanging out with the Surgeon Destroy guys, just how excited we were that Reno was getting a scene going you know because we really uh, wanted to 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 be able to have two or three big tournaments or, or, or larger tournaments a year and it just makes sense to have a bay area one have a southern california one have a reno one you know so it, it, it's exciting for me as as uh having like a store and hearing in this time where You know, I I struggle with finding people to play with in my area that you guys are doing so well. So I just – congratulations, and I'm I'm really excited to hear that, you know, you guys have been putting in all this work, and it sounds like it's really starting to pay dividends.
4: Yeah, definitely. To the moon.
2: (laughs) So um, Cody's shop – I'm a little older, and when comic book stores – when I was, you know, younger and reading a lot of comics, you had the – you know – you had those mom-and-pop, really cool stores where you just found the funky, eclectic stuff. And that's what Cody's store is, and that's why I find it so comfortable. You know, it's not that mall store that looks like every other store, you know. And I'm not slamming on those stores. They, they, they serve a purpose, right? I mean, McDonald's and Taco Bell serve a purpose, but where'd you rather eat at that mom-and-pop that just has the killer food, right? So, Cody's, Cody's shop is like that. I mean, it makes you feel... In- comfortable the minute you walk in you know uh we definitely want to be part of that scene we there are members of our group myself paramount that want to go to end up going to masters we want to go with the west and we want to see the west do better and do well at masters we want to be feared (laughs) but no uh heck yeah to that we want to we we want to you know contribute from here and be you know thought of as oh well, we just want, brought those guys because they're nice to us no we want you know you guys to go all right go in there and kick some ass do some good i i went w- went to bay of kings with john and i was scared out of my wits and uh i met brenton the, the night before in the parking lot and then just started meeting people in the tournament and i was like Man, this is so cool and so fun, and everybody's so nice. And had some good games in the tournament, had some bad games in the tournament, but uh, ha- had a blast and couldn't wait to go back. And then COVID.
3: <laughs> yeah, really, and that and that's so Bay of Kings was such a high point. I mean, we had people from so many states, and it was just so much fun. And then, like you said, and then we were really finally getting some steam in the Bay Area at that point, and yeah. and then it was just like COVID. And, you know, so I I definitely and when you say you want to be part of the community, I want you guys to be part. And like I'm so like hearing you guys talk, like literally hearing you talk about playing Kings and a store owner actually supporting it, like I get teary eyed and like I have one tear, like go down my one cheek because it's so amazing to hear that this game that I love so much is being played. Within driving distance of my house, and I don't have to fly somewhere. I could drive somewhere and play it. is uh, pretty incredible. So.
2: Yeah, and when we when we actually, you know, when the store actually ends up going back up and stuff, people play kings on the weekends. People play kings that we play at each other's houses. You know, it's not just the, the Thursday night casual is the Thursday night casual where, where, like I said, you know, as a store owner, it only makes sense because if, you ha- if you're if you trying to promote a game if you have a game and you have a group of gamers set them up on a night or, you know, like I said, with people who are trying to build their own community in smaller areas or whatever, set up a night. Cause you're only doing the game store guy, you know, the owner a favor because you're promoting a game that's going to, you know, help him move product. It's, it's, it's a win win for the store and the gamers themselves. I, I started it because, you know, for, for semi-selfish reasons, I loved this game and I knew I loved it right from the beginning and I wanted people to play with. And so I recruited some of the people that I thought would, would do well with the system and enjoy it. And uh, it's just gone from there. But yeah, um, to the guys, to the sad guys down there, um, I've met some of you. I've met some of you online. Um, I played in riddle of steel on you know in the, the uh new tournament but yeah i would love to go to bay of kings i'd love to go to riddle of steel uh, scott gave me a invite to his house when we play bay of kings so i'd love to see scott's house you know it's just uh, this community is fantastic
3: and then now we got to get rob we got to get rob out to, to chateau holcomb too that's like my my long-term goal yeah that'd be get. awesome. And I, I must, on some level, Cody, I know these guys are your buddies too, but I think there's got to be a part of you as a business owner too, to when you see the passion in your customers to want to wanna try to not just sell them stuff, but help support them in building the hobby. Because not only is it a game you love, but just from a dollars and cents, right? It makes sense that if you have people in your store playing games, that they're going to buy the stuff from you. So it must make you feel good too, right? That this game that you love is starting to take, uh, take a little bit so that it's not just a game that you love, but something that financially that could work for the store.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, selling stuff is how we pay the bills, so we do appreciate it when people buy the stuff.
3: Well, awesome. Like I said, I can't wait. I know, like you said, you guys have an event coming up on March 28th that uh, the Master of Cheese himself and I will be heading over, so I know we're both really excited for that. can't wait to check out the store. I was surprised when I tried to book a room at, at Harris Reno to find out that that hotel doesn't exist anymore,
4: so <laughs> I will be staying at a different hotel. Yeah, they're uh, changing into something else. I'm not exactly sure what.
3: But I guess they Caesar's has a, a partnership, so I was still able to get a good room at. Uh, I'm staying at the El Dorado. So my question is, will I will I will I survive at that hotel, or should I be prepared for shenanigans? Is that I've never been there, so.
2: No, the Eldo's good. You're good. It, it's okay. Okay. Yeah.
3: Cool. Because it was either that or the Silver Legacy, but I got a, a, a much better room rate at the El Dorado, so that's where I'm going. So.
2: If you would have stayed at the Atlantis, you could have walked to Comic Kingdom.
3: Oh, well, that's good for next time. So next time I come, I will stay. Um, it's nice because how I view you guys are close enough to me that every month or two or whatever, it's pretty easy for me to get out there for like a game weekend or, uh, you know, a gaming day. So, um, uh, this is gonna this tournament coming up is going to be my scouting trip, but it will be the first of many, um, Events, and I can't wait to get up there and talk with you more about how to incorporate you guys into the master scene. And like I told Cody, anything that I can do to support, support you guys, get you players, you know, help introduce you or, or make any connections to the larger scene. I'm, I'm like totally energized and excited and just so, so happy that you guys have been enjoying this game that we all love so much.
1: Man, it's been awesome. And I can say for Reno, we have such a unique spot where, I'm, I'm thinking we should hold something big here. We really should. Like, this should be the start of something even better and bigger because we have everything at your disposal. And I remember, God, what was it? Um, The East Coast Tournament. Everybody had to drive to. There was an episode. Everyone's chatting about how they were chilling in their car and driving to the spot. I think it was Atlanta City or something. And I was like, dude, Reno has that here and you don't have to drive anywhere. You just fly up here and it's super cheap because everybody wants to come to the casinos and the casinos supplement a lot of the flights up here. So it actually makes it really affordable to get to Reno just like it is to Vegas. And it's a great time. There's a lot of cool opportunities, a lot of cool things to see. And I would love to, if I can help at all, be involved in organizing something here that we would have a big group of guys because it's a good place to do it. And we have a blast.
3: Yeah, definitely something on the horizon. I think it's 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 only we're only at uh, at the starting line and not at the finish as far as like growing the scene. So it's going like I said, and then we'll get you guys down to um, Scott's house and. You know, I know in the future, you know, this one was uh, a shorter, shorter notice and limited players. But next time we actually have an event, I know that we could get a whole bunch of guys to caravan up from from SoCal and then um, get some guys to fly in from Texas and from the Seattle area. I know we could get guys. So like you said, we could really begin to really grow a, a nice event
4: there. So get everyone together and build some more tables.
3: Yes. And then I will continue to uh time my overtime working and the weeks before approaching so that i can go and uh, and uh you know my great addictions of comic book and miniature gaming i can i just i'm like i said i looked at the the pictures of your store on yelp and i was like i like that stuff i like that stuff oh more stuff that i like so i'm excited to check your store out so um,
2: lots of stuff nobody needs
3: yes which is the best stuff so uh,
5: what everybody wants yeah
2: so we have a, a saying here in Nevada. It's the unofficial state slogan. Uh, keep Nevada green, bring lots of money.
3: Okay. That makes sense. Awesome. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we
0: will wrap up the show. This is Skull I'm the Great Khan. And this is Rico Radisqueco. And we're the War Kings, and you're
5: listening to Counter
0: Charge. Yeah.
5: This is Paige from
4: Singapore with the YouTube Battle Report channel Newbie Dice, and you're listening to Fan Fanti.
3: And we are back. Well, Rob, really cool, man. It sounds like a great store, huh?
5: Sounds amazing. I uh, wish it was closer to me. I can't wait to hear your... Uh, well, I can't wait to, to hear you and uh, the Cheese's uh, trip up there and uh, see if you guys are going to win any games. Cause it sounds like well, they're pretty I competitive I mean, up there.
3: I mean, like I said... Uh, uh, uh nick already talked to you about our game when i was like hey man what's going on then all of a sudden like halfway through the game i was like
5: he's just hitting you with the stick i was like this
3: is not going too good for me so i gotta like actually concentrate here yeah no it knows and and blake played he played his um night stalkers and he was just really good with uh all those monsters moving those monsters and that was another game our game came down to like super razor close at the end
5: too yeah. Our, well, our you're, game, you know, you're you're our more inclined game, to playing the the kids. So, yeah. You know. That's true.
2: Our game came down to one dot on a die. <laughs> if I would have got one more inch of overrun, I would have won the game. Yeah. And was... you were you were beating me horribly. You evidently did not want to lose to another Reno guy that early on uh you you were you were murdering me pretty good and i just was trying to pull the fat out of the fire with my two remaining units
4: <laughs> after i lost
3: the nick and i started playing blake even though blake like scares me looking at pictures of him like rashad said if you're in a bar fight you got to be on our side i was like okay no 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 screwing around i'm gonna from turn one full speed jeremy and i'm killing shit i'm killing stuff i'm killing stuff and then all of a sudden at the end of the game i was like oh my god i'm gonna lose somehow And like you said, he was one one die too little to to, in an overrun. And um I took home the victory that was assured the whole game. No, I'm just kidding. No. But very good games. Um Well, cool, Rob. Any shout outs? Anything? What's what's next on your docket? Just getting ready for Yeah uh, just just more lone wolf prep. More lone wolf prep. Um uh, what about you, Nick? Any any shout outs you want to give to to anyone or
1: anything? And I appreciate y'all having us on. This is really cool. It's really special to me. Um, It's kind of one of those bucket list items that I started listening, uh, gosh, two years ago to counter and I just, Kind of was like, dude, I need to get on that. I want to be a part of that at some point. I want to, I want someone to hear my voice at some point, and and also just start to get our name out there a bit. So it's really kind of a, it's a super cool opportunity. So I appreciate you guys for doing it. I know how difficult it is to run a podcast because I've also run one on the side and it did not go well. Um, so appreciate you guys for doing all the hard work on it and all that fun stuff. And of course, I want to, you know, big shout out to Ronnie and to Kyle and all the Mantic crew. Um, how cool is it that this company has come from where it is? And they have such a cool line of new stuff. And if you're a new player, I highly encourage you to check it out and support them because I think they just have some of the best values of any company I've ever had the opportunity to buy product from from a long time. And you get to know these people. And that's the craziest thing. You know, like I messaged Ronnie. I'm like, hey, Ronnie. And he actually messaged me back. And I was like, what? That's weird but also amazing at the same time. So I appreciate all y'all. And then, of course, uh, Kyle Poole for uh, teaching me shenanigans, too, and spending quite a few games in lockdown, walking me through how to actually be a better player. And then my local guys, too, folks. So Cody and Blake, like, you guys are the best. All my local guys are awesome. But Cody, you are truly the the person, I think, that holds us all together. So can't thank you enough for all that you're doing for our local scene and for all the fun we have.
4: Aw, thanks, man. And Cody, if
3: uh, same thing to you, shout-outs, and then maybe let people know where they can find uh, Comic Kingdoms, like uh, uh, if you have Facebook or website, or how do they, if they want to find your shop, what's the best way?
4: Uh, well, of course, I always recommend they drop in and check it out, but uh, we are on Facebook at, uh, I think, Reno Comic Kingdom, or Comic Kingdom Reno. You know, search for it either way, it'll show up. Um, as far as shout-outs, let me do a shout-out to uh, Trina in accounting at Mantic, since no one ever gives her a shout-out. And then we'll also throw one to my boy Jeff at the Glass Die here in Reno. It's a board game bar, and he is as passionate about board games and beer as I am about uh, board games. So definitely a place to check out when you're in town.
3: And Blake, Rashad wants to know, will you have cigars ready for him upon arrival in Reno? Uh,
2: I, I always have cigars, sir. Okay, so he just and wants to yes, make sure. Ra- yes, Rashad and I will have cigars. Uh he can look at my motorcycles if he'd like, and we will drink. I'm not drinking tequila, though. I mean, I like tequila. I know good tequila, but it's just not my drink anymore. Um, but, yeah, we'll have some beers and, and uh, maybe some other stuff, and not too much because uh, Sunday will be a long day. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I can't wait to you guys come up here and we can show you around a little bit and, and, and let you see what's going on. Um so my shout out is to our our community here and uh, and all the guys in there um, and for uh, you know especially Cody and John Douglas for uh, ushering me into this game um, bolt really uh, really horrible no very fantastic people <laughs> and they 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 uh, set the hook and 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 I, and I'm running with the line, making that zing noise. Um, our our community here is fantastic, and it it mirrors the community that I've met um, online, in person, um, and how helpful and cool everybody is. Uh, also, I want to say that um, you know the the sad guys and the Bay Area guys, you know they they have. Uh, facebook group we do too it's uh northern nevada kings of war if anybody wants to kind of see what's going on with our thing uh one of the guys here chris he writes a really good really good um uh, battle reports afterwards we've been kind of laying low key a little bit because of the covid but we'll soon start posting a lot of the pictures of our thursday night games and thursday night groups um but, yeah, the guys that uh, – new guys and the guys who've been playing with us for a year um, or so, uh, it's just fantastic. And, um, and uh, you know, like I said, all the guys that I've met, its I couldn't even name everybody. But, uh, yeah, and the sad guys, I can't wait to come down and visit you guys. Bay Area guys, I can't wait to come down there and s- hang out with you guys again. And uh, like I said, I'd like to make a trip to Texas and a, a couple of the other little areas that uh, that I've met people from. You know, and some of them all—it's t- remembering a face, and some of them it'll be a new face to a to a, you know what I talk to online. You know,
3: awesome. Well, thanks. You know, I want to really uh, say thank you for coming on the show. I know Rob and I really appreciate it. You know, Countercharge, we have our 500th episode on the horizon, so we got a lot of really exciting stuff planned for that. Um, we got a bunch of great army reviews uh, coming out soon. We got ones in the work works. I know Rob and I are going to do another Rob and uh, Jeremy fireside chat soon, probably. Um, and then uh, Lone Wolf, you know, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have the whole setup. Uh, social distance and, and all, all everything good, but we're going to be recording a bunch of stuff at, uh, Lone Wolf, which will be fun. Um, and then as always, right, Rob, if, if, if anyone has a show idea they want us to do or an army review that you're excited for us to do, just post on the Facebook page, or shoot Rob a direct message, or, or shoot myself a direct or message, or anybody, yeah, anybody, or else. anyone, or yeah. Alex, or anyone. But I know Alex has got an army review. He's mm, uh, Kingdoms of
5: Menorodia coming up. Kingdoms of Menorodia, and then I know uh, Matt's got uh, Salamanders coming.
3: So and then Matt's working on the set. So we got a lot of juicy stuff coming out for you guys over the next uh, few weeks and months as we as we work through. And then also Rob and I have some secret master plans uh of uh, 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 maybe entering some new interesting spaces that countercharge hasn't done a lot in so uh definitely stay tuned for that well
5: with that that's going to do us tonight and until next time keep countercharging
0: thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on countercharge please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at countercharge at gmail.com on twitter at countercharge 15.
1: i like, to be ready for Jeremy, and I'm like, okay, is everything alright? He's like, yeah, we just can't, we can't be sh- heads anymore. We can't screw up anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> going off. That
2: was <laughs> my one once-a-year <laughs> super bender.
3: You know, I, I demand a certain level of treatment upon my arrival.
5: Yeah, well, I wouldn't nice. say I play it very well.